ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we praise him and we ask his help and we seek his forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil inside us and from the evil consequences of our bad actions whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides no one can misguide and whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves to go astray no one can guide I testify that there is no God to be worshipped but Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah who was the most educated person of about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who said that Allah does not sleep and it does not befit his majesty that he sleeps he lowers the scales and raises them the deeds of the day will be resurrected to him before the deeds of the night and the deeds of the night will be resurrected to him before the deeds of the day his veil is light if he were to remove that veil the light that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will burn all the creations Brothers and sisters, on behalf of the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh staff and administration and the whole congregation, we offer our heartfelt condolences to the parents, the families and the friends of the three beautiful young people who were tragically killed last week in NC. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on them. And we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give them strength and to pardon them. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cleanse them of their errors or mistakes. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cause their entrance to be white. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive their mistakes and grant him the highest level in Jannah. Allahumma ameen. Brothers and sisters, the khutbah before we talked about tribulations and trials. And we said that the worst nightmare that anybody, anybody can imagine is the loss of his child. And we talked about patience is the right response to trials and tribulations and we said tribulations is actually the foundation of this life and you will be tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we said that the response to that is to be patient to push yourself to be patient and remind yourself with what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how did he respond to all trials and tribulations and to remind yourself with all the people who went through tasks and trials and calamities and one of them is a man by the name of Abu Qulaba al-Jurami and his story was mentioned by many scholars 
like Al Awza'i and Imam al Dhahabi and others. They said, narrated by Abdullah ibn Muhammad, a man, he said that I, I went out to the shore one time and I come across a person, no legs, no arms, and he had a heart of hearing and sight. And then I heard him saying, Allahumma awzi'ni an ashkura ni'mataka allati an'amta alayhi. And this person is making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, Oh Allah, give me the ability to show gratitude to you and praise you for all the blessings and favors that you bestowed upon me. And for the fact that you favored me over others. And then Abdullah ibn Muhammad, he said, upon hearing that, I was astonished. And they said, what blessings and favors are you talking about? Don't you see what's happening to you? And then he said, I approached this man, I greeted him, and then I asked, what kind of dua is that? In what way did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favor you? He said, Ya Abdullah, O servant of Allah, don't you see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done to me? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted, He could send fire from the sky to burn me, or cause the mountain to crush me, or the oceans to drown me, or the earth to swallow me up. And the man was just amazed by the patience and the gratitude of this man, subhanAllah. And in this man, he said to him, listen, I have a young boy. He always comes here to help me. He's my son. He brings water to me for wudu, and he also brings food and water for me when I'm thirsty. And I'm missing him for three days. Can you go around and look for him? And he said, Wallahi, I will fulfill your need, and anything that you ask, I will fulfill it for you. He said, I started looking around, and I found a young man dead, eaten by a beast. And he said, how am I going to deliver this news to the man? The man had enough already. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired me with the story of the Prophet Ayyub alayhi salam. And then I went back to the man and I said, listen, who's more honorable in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You or Ayyub the Prophet? He said, Ayyub. He said, do you know what happened to him? What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do to him? He said, yes. Do you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tried him in his health and wealth and families and children? He said, yes, Ya Abdullah, make it short. What are you trying to tell me? He said, the young man that you sent me in search for, I find him dead and eaten by a beast. And this man cried and he said, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. And he thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says, Praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who did not create from my progeny somebody to disobey him. In other words, that he was happy that his son was also in a good relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was obedient to Allah and to his father. And after saying that, he says, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon, and then he passed away. Abdullah ibn Muhammad said, I didn't know what to do, so I sat by his head, crying and reflecting upon this man and all the trials and tribulations that he had to go through. And then a group of people came and they asked me, what is your story? And told him about what happened. They uncovered the face of the man and they said, they started to cry and they kissed the man in his forehead and they said, Subhanallah. This is Abu Qulada al-Jurami. Wallahi, he was a great servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was a companion of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. 
And we should be able to help you to shroud him and bury him. So that night, Abdullah ibn Muhammad saw him in his dream with beautiful garments on, beautiful body, and he asked, Ya Abdullah, aren't you my companion? Aren't you that one that I met today? He said, yes. He said, how did you receive all these things? He said, subhanAllah, there are positions with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be only granted for those who are patient in hard times. For those who are grateful during the time of prosperity. And for those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in public and private. Allahu Akbar. Patience brothers and sisters, that's the key, wallahi, that's the key to this life. That's the key to this life, patience. To be patient. Remind yourself with the reward of patience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the patient ones. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yuhibbu sabirin. Allah loves those who are patient. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam located an insa'i that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there was a man who used to come and sit in the halaqa of Rasulullah. And he used to bring his little boy with him. And he loved him so much. Every time he goes to the masjid, he used to bring this little boy with him. Until the Messenger of Allah asked him one time, he said, how much you love this boy? He says, Ya Rasulullah, I love him so much. I wish that Allah loves you as much as I love my son. And then Rasulullah missed this man for three or four days. And he asked about him and they said to him, some of the Sahaba, they said, Ya Rasulullah, his son has passed away. And Rasulullah covered him and he asked him, how did he pass away? And this man told Rasulullah about what happened. And that, that he endured patiently. And he's saying, Alhamdulillah. And he is content with the decree and the destiny of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Rasulullah was pleased with this man and he said, does it please you? Listen to this. He said, does it please you that your son will come in the last day? Does it please you? That son, your son will come in the last day holding your hand and helping you entering every door of Jannah. So it is, this is the foundation of this life, brothers and sisters. Trials. Trials, tribulations. And we have witnessed the family of these three young. We have seen the family of those three young people who were killed. And they have been really strong. And, and, and we saw them in the news, they have been very strong. They have been very strong expressing their love and their loss with dignity. And this is the best example. Wallahi, it's the best example of being patient. This is the definition of Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. 
However, when we see that, we see also some Muslims and their reaction to the act and what happened. And some, some Muslims somehow, they considered that act or the death of those beautiful people somehow fortune. And I, I agree that this is absolutely a, a, a complete distortion of our tradition. And it plays into the misconception that Muslims, they love death. Rasulullah grieved over his son, Ibrahim. He cried and he says, The eye weeps, the heart grieves, but we will only say what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He called the year when his wife and his uncle died. They called that year the year of sadness. He cried over Hamza radiallahu and the Sahaba said, we never seen Rasulullah crying as much as he cried on the death of Hamza. And he says, Everyone, every shaheed has someone to grieve over him, but she or Hamza. And when the Ansar heard that, they went home. They went home and they brought their wives and they said, go and cry over the loss of Hamza. Rasulullah laughed and he came back and he saw them grieving and crying over the loss of Hamza. And he said, Do you still crying? They said, Yes. Out of loss and grief over Hamza. So Rasulullah he didn't ask people to wish for death. He actually forbade that. He forbade people to ask for death. But to ask for long life that enables you to be a great servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through devotion and to serve the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through charity and gentleness and mercy. And this is what those three people did. This is what they did. They left us a legacy, Wallahi. Wallahi, they left us a legacy. A legacy, something to be honored of, something to be proud of, something to take as a motivation for us to be great people, 23 and 21 and 19 years old. They were helping the homeless. May Allah have mercy on all of them. He went to refugee camps, he was helping, he had a video trying to raise some funds to buy some supplies for refugee camps in, in Syria. So Wallahi, they left us a legacy. And this is a question that every single one of us need to ask himself. What legacy do you have? When we die, will we be missed? Will people actually talk good of us? If you leave this community, will you be missed? If you leave your neighborhood, will you be missed? Will actually people recognize your loss? What did you do? Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted the victory to Muslims, over the Persian and he entered the Caesar's castle. He stood in front of the throne of Kisra and he started to weep. And some people asked him the reason of his weeping, he sat he started to recite Kamtaraku Minjanatin Wayun Wazuruin Wamakamin Karim Wanaamatin Kanu Fiha Fakihin Kadalika. 
وأورثناها قوما آخرين فما بكت عليهم السماوات والأرض وما كانوا منظرين He recited ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed about the Pharaoh. He said, how many gardens and springs do they have left behind? How many green vegetations and noble places that they have left behind? How many properties and wealth did they leave behind? And just like that, just like that it was taken away from them and it was given to somebody else. All this were taken away from them and they were given to somebody else. فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ Neither the heaven nor the earth shed a tear for them. Neither the heaven nor the earth shed a tear for them. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, There is no good person who does something good, except when he does something good, his good deeds go through his gates to the heaven. And he said, when he dies, this gate is closed. This gate is closed. Even the earth, every part of the earth that was afflicted with his goodness, will also cry over his loss. The places where you shed tears, when you are in a sujood, he will miss you. The gate in the heaven, where your good deeds ascend through, will miss you. So what legacy did we leave behind? That's the question. What did we do in order to be missed by others? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, in Sahih al-Bukhari wa Muslim, when a janazah, a funeral passed by him, he said, Mustarihun or Mustarahun min. He's either relieved from people, or people are relieved from him. And he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the true believer will be relieved from the agony of life and the problems of life. As for the fajr, fajr, the one who transgresses against himself and against the, the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Human trees and cattle will be relieved from him. Humans. Animals and trees will be relieved from him. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu when he wanted to migrate from Mecca to Abyssinia, he met an, a man by the name of Abd ibn Dughunna. He was not even a Muslim. And he asked Abu Bakr, where are you going? He said, I'm leaving this town full of injustice and corruption and I'm looking for a peaceful place to stay. But this man acknowledged the weight of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. This man acknowledged the righteousness of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Although he wasn't Muslim, he was actually fighting the Muslims. But he recognized and acknowledged the honor of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and he said, a person like you should not leave town. Anybody else should leave but you. Again, ask the question, are we going to be missed? What legacy are we leaving behind? You know, one of the problems we have 
in our community, whole society, Muslims and non-Muslims, that some of us don't have high expectation. Some of us are fine with okay or average. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encourage us to strive, to aim high, to do everything possible to achieve our goals. Rabi' ibn Ka'b, a young man who used to bring water to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for wudu. One time Rasulullah sallallahu was so pleased and happy with him and he said, Ya Rabi'ah, tell me what you want. And listen to the response of this young man. He said, Ya Rabi'ah, tell me what you want. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to be with you in Jannah. He didn't say I want some money or a house or you know a new garment or something. He didn't even say I just want to be in Jannah. Some of us, how many times really, how many times you hear people say I just want this place in Jannah. I just want to make it to Jannah. No, why don't you aim higher? Rasulullah says, If you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jannah, so ask for the Firdaus, which is the highest level of Jannah. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to be with you in Jannah. With you in Jannah. The Ansar and the Muhajireen, the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they used to look at each other all the time. They used to vie and compete with one another, but in virtues. In virtues. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَاتِ Vie. You are in a race, and the point of being in a race is to win the race. If you are just in a race for the hack of it, then you're wasting your life. You're wasting your time being in a race. You are in a race in order to win the race. To win the race. The Muhajirin used to look at the Ansar and they used to say, Ya Rasulullah, these people have done everything. They've done everything. They pray, they fast. We do also fast and pray. But they give in the cause of Allah. We don't have that much money. We are deprived from everything. So we don't have the money to support Islam and the message. We don't have it. Then Rasulullah said, Don't you praise them and pray for them? They said, Yes. He said, That's even. It will be even. But they used to look at each other, Al Umar and Abu Bakr. And you know all these stories about between Umar and Abu Bakr. So we need to set a very high standard in order to be able to leave a legacy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on our brother Diya and, and his wife and her sister. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him the highest level of Jannah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the legacy that they left behind a motivation for every single one of us, Muslims and non-Muslims. الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه الحمد لله. Also, I wanted to talk about something that happened a few days ago. The Saudi cleric, I'm sure that you heard about the story that he said that we that there is no orbit and that we are stationary. And he got slammed by media and people, Muslims and non-Muslims. And of course, he was wrong. But the comments and the things that happened after he said that was terrible, especially from the Muslims. And my advice to my brothers and sisters, just refrain from that. Because that's actually riba considered to be backbiting. I mean, the man have made a mistake. And he just was trying to be loyal to his teachers. 
That's it. I mean, he made a mistake. He should have just, he should have left it alone for the people who are expert and just stick to the things that he knows. But also refrain from talking ill about these people, and about our brothers and sisters and posting videos on, on YouTube and, and, and Facebook and Twitter. Refrain from that. Refrain from that. The media is looking for anything, for anything that Muslims do wrong. And the media is the most powerful entity in this earth. They control the minds of people. They make the guilty innocent and they make the innocent guilty. They're looking for the little mistake that a Muslim can. If you spit, really, if you spit in a sidewalk, maybe you'll be in the 6 o'clock news tonight. Seriously, so be careful. Muhammad al-Amin al-Mukhtar al-Shanqit, and Allah have mercy on him, one of the greatest scholars. He was asked about when, when the news of the moon landing came to him, and they told him, well, it happened. He said, no, it cannot be true. They said, no, no, no. And they convinced him that it, it actually happened. He said, it cannot be true. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَجَعَلَ الْقَمَرَ فِيهِنَّ نُورًا وَجَعَلَ الشَّمْسَ سِرَاجًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that He made the moon to be in Jannah. So the moon that he's seeing, according to his interpretation, was in Jannah. But when he was convinced that people actually landed in the moon, he had to change his opinion. And he said it's either the information is incorrect or our interpretations of the Qur'an is incorrect. And he humbly accepted it. My last point, we have to watch out. We are being targeted. You have to monitor yourself. For the brothers and sisters, especially the sisters, I see some sisters sometimes they come here for Fajr, they walk from campus to here. Don't. Stay in your room, pray in your room. For the last week, masajid, three masajid were vandalized. One of them were burned down. A sister were followed by a madman in Texas. And when she parked her car, he went there with a gun in her face. And he threatened her that he was going to kill her. We should follow the prophetic guidance of the Messenger of Allah. The teachings of Rasulullah Being peaceful. Being gentle, merciful, following and obeying the law. But if someone follows you, if someone follows you or follows your wife, if someone puts his hand on you, and you know, I'm saying that just for if anybody here is recording what I'm saying for security reasons, I'm saying that if there is absence of authority, and you need to deal with that. If someone puts his hand on you or on your wife or follow you somewhere, you need to deal with that and you need to protect yourself. And if there is an absence of authority, I would say break that hand if you can. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم اللهم اجعل هذا الجمع جمعا مرحوما وتفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما ولا تجعل فينا ولا حولنا ولا خلفنا شقيا ولا محروما اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين والله يأسك to honor us as he honored righteous people before us والله يأسك to protect us from anxiety and from grief and from inability and laziness and we ask you to have mercy in our brothers and sisters overseas 
disease, those who are suffering. We ask you to forgive those who died from Ebola's and diseases in Africa. And we ask you to protect our brothers and sisters in Sierra Leone and Guinea and in Pakistan and Egypt and Iraq and Syria and all mankind. We ask you to protect everybody and we ask you to rule this earth with justice and mercy and help us to follow the means of justice and mercy and gentleness and to be kind to one another and never be a source of trouble to one another. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khairan aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa aqimu salam.